You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Su podcast episode number 78. This episode is sponsored by Eric Su Insider, an online community where you get advice and tips from Eric Su on weekly conference calls. Learn more at ericwsu.com/insider and how you can get started. Hey there, it's Eric Su and I wanted to personally thank you for listening to my podcast. If you are new, welcome. And if you are a long-time listener, I appreciate your continued support. Did you know your review on iTunes and Stitcher helps grow this podcast? Well, it does. So write a review today. Not into writing a review? Then maybe you would like to make a small donation. You can do so by clicking the "Be My Patron" Podbean link on my podcast page. Finally, helping others is the name of the game. So help a friend by sharing this podcast with them. Let's keep this movement growing. Now on to the show. Health tips and useful wellness advice without the hype. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, with inspiring guests and engaging fitness, nutrition, and the healthy living topics. You will be entertained and excited until the end. And now your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a super knowledgeable registered dietitian and licensed marriage and family therapist with us today. Her name is Diane Bubeck. We will be explaining functional medicine and how it benefits people. So, without any delay, let me introduce you all to Diane. Diane, are you ready to make it happen? I am ready, Eric. Diane Bubeck is a registered and licensed dietitian and a licensed marriage and family therapist. She received her M.A. in Marriage and Family Therapy from the Adler School of Professional Psychology in 1999. Her B.S. in Medical Dietetics is from the University of Illinois Medical Center. Diane is also a certified L.E.A.P. therapist. Diane, that was just a little bit about who you are. Would you be able to share a little bit more with our audience and how you got started? Sure, I'd be happy to. And first, I want to thank you for inviting me to be on this podcast. I've never been on a podcast before, so um, well, it started a long time ago. We don't have to say how many years, but uh, I went through the program down at University of Illinois at the Med Center to become a clinical dietitian, and um, worked many different hospital settings in clinical nutrition, and then was out in the suburbs, um, have starting a family and. A psychiatric hospital opened up out here, Linden Oaks, and I wasn't really planning to work at all. But、uh, the director of nursing was an old friend, and she called me in to have coffee, and it was one of the best things in the world because、uh, I did start getting back in. I had taken a you know a few years off, and、um, I became the dietitian for the hospital. And a couple years into working there, they brought an eating disorder treatment team over from Mercy Hospital. And I was trained in eating disorders, which then led to going back for my master's in marriage and family therapy because dietitians aren't trained、um, much in counseling skills. And then, after a few years at Linden Oaks, I opened up a private practice, which I've、um, I placed at my home in South Naperville、uh, because my children were little, and I thought I eventually I would move out, but I never have. So, 25 years later, I'm still here working out of my home, which is quite convenient. And a really good setting.、Uh, patients tell me、um, it's very comfortable, and they don't feel like they're going to, you know, a, a medicinal building、mm. to、uh, get therapy or nutritional advice. 
Very good. And um, we'll go into our topic of the day uh, fairly shortly. I wanted to ask you this one question my audience really loves to hear, and that is, what's one cool or unique fact about yourself? Oh, um, well, um, it may find, you may find it hard to believe, but I am deathly afraid of public speaking. <laughs> but I don't consider a podcast public speaking. It's just a telephone call, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, do you think that there are things that, I don't know, maybe this public speaking thing, um, really young in age or something like that, I think that's where people get their frightness or fear from. Do you think that's what happened at a young age? Is it? Is that what? I am sure it has some root somewhere, um, and you know, I, um, I I was pleased to learn that it is the number one um, fear people have. It, it even surpasses fear of death uh, is public speaking. So I'm in good company, I guess. Uh, and actually, one of my my uh, plans this year is to enroll in uh, Toastmasters, which is a national organization, but they. They actually, their purpose is to help people become more comfortable public speaking. Mm, interesting. I've considered um, improv, but uh, you you've considered improv. Yeah, I've considered it, and someone invited me to to an event one day, and I, I've seen it, but yeah. I haven't done it. But if you do it, Eric, you call me. I'll <laughs> be in the audience for you. <laughs> no, you're gonna have to do it with me. <laughs> You'll have to do it with me. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, but, It'd probably uh, be fun once you relax, you know? Probably. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. So anyhow, um, very good information. That's pretty unique. And um, so let's let's dive into this functional medicine, as you coined it uh, in our pre-show conversation. Um, how would you describe it as to people, and um, what is it? Well, functional medicine, the, the term was coined by Dr. Jeffrey Bland about 25 years ago. Um and it's science-based. It, it's, it's basically the, the principle of looking at the whole body approach to health and wellness um, while addressing chronic diseases. So, for instance, um, if someone comes in with a disease, you focus on the whole person rather than just the isolated symptom they come in with, if and, that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and so um, let's peel the onion back and what, what types of, issues do you see primarily? I'm assuming it's more nutritional-based because of your background. Well, oftentimes there is, is a, a nutritional component for sure. But, you know, when I work with somebody, I don't do diets. I don't mm -hmm. rip off the sheet of paper and, and, and give them that. I really sit the first session or two, and I want to get to know them. I want to get to know their lifestyle, their not only their eating habits, but, you know, Who's involved in the cooking? Is it just them, or do they have a spouse or a mother that, that's, that's in charge of the cooking? Where do they buy their food? Um, do they like to cook? Um, you know, what are their um, exercise habits like? What are their supplements that they take, if any? How is their sleep? You know, how much stress are they under? So I, I need to get a really um, whole approach to... Um, how we're going to come up with a nutritional plan for them based on who they really are. It's not just a, a one, one fix for everybody. Um, and then we go from there. For instance, you know, oftentimes sleep is so underrated. 
I'll talk with someone, and, and bowel habits. I talk a lot about poop, which at nice. first sometimes people cringe, but, you know, I, I want them to start looking so they can tell me what it looks like. It'll tell me an awful lot about their digestion, uh, which is so important to the health of the body, uh, is that, 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 that their digestive tract is clear and running smoothly and working like it should. Um, and oftentimes people will say, you know, no one really asked me about all these questions before. Um, so, so it's looking at, at the person as a whole and then trying to figure out where we need to start. Um, hmm. Now, um, how much information can you tell about a person from their stool? I, I'm just curious. Well, you know, it, it should look like um, an Italian sausage that's soft enough when it hits the bowl that it doesn't, it, it kind of bends and molds with it. It doesn't fall apart. It doesn't float. It should be like a, a Hershey chocolate brown in color. Um, mm. And it should be smooth. It shouldn't be lumpy. Um, if it's lumpy or dry or small, uh, that might you know, indicate that they don't have any fiber, enough fiber, enough water. They're dehydrated. Besides sleep, water intake is another one I really... Um, target and make sure people are hydrated enough. Um, if um, it's a different color other than um, dark brown, it could mean that their gallbladder isn't working properly. They, they don't have enough bile um, because bile gives color to the stool, the, the correct color to the stool. Uh, if it smells, if it doesn't, you know, if it, if, if it smells, you know, their digestion could be off. They may need some digestive enzymes. Uh, there's just so many things. Mm. Um, funny story I'll, I'll pass on yeah. uh, so somebody else doesn't get scared is um, what they eat sometimes will show up in the stool. Everybody knows, of course, corn doesn't digest well. But red beets definitely leave a red color in the stool. And I had a client come very frantic a couple months ago, mm. uh, very mm. concerned. And in the session, we started talking about what exactly do they eat. And beets came up, and I said, by any chance, have you been eating beets in the last few weeks? And they said, yeah, I bought a bunch of them, and I was having, you know, one a day. But they had never thought that that could be the reason why they had red, red poop. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. You know, I'm kind of fascinated by um, stool. Not in an in odd way. <laughs> I'm just more medical reasons, I'm saying, you know, like similar to how you – analyze um stool for your your patients i mean it um the reason i bring it up too is because it was a while back ago and i was reading um uh information from paul check do, do you know who he is i do not Eric. Um, he, he's in the fitness world and he has like uh, education materials for health and wellness and um in his book i forget the name of this of it the title of it but the library didn't have it, and that's how fascinated I was but with his information. So I had the library actually go out and get a copy for me. But anyhow, um, in his book, he actually does talk about stool, and uh, he goes, the poop police lineup. And he has several pictures, of like cartoon pictures, of, of stool and how it should look. And that just reminded me when you brought up the stool information. Yeah, it's... it's um it's extremely useful. Um, there's a lot of taboos still around. I actually have a book on my coffee table, which is my waiting room, and it's uh, What Your Poop Tells About You. Mm. And it's a short little book, but um, I see clients, you know, picking it up and looking at it. It's, it's something that's so easy for people to be aware of. Mm. And I'm a big advocate for people to be their own health advocates. Yeah. 
so that when they go into their doctor, they come in with symptoms and they know their body because nobody knows your body better than you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if something isn't right, it's not right. Yeah. And um, so it's important to kind of take inventory of your body. True. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we talk so much about color of our urine, maybe, for hydration and, and things like that as well, don't we? And that we don't really focus on the other side of things. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I mean, every part of your body speaks to you if you listen. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, now beyond the, the stool aspect of functional medicine, um, what you eat matters, right? And um, how do you coach somebody or educate people on, on eating, per se, f- for health? And then maybe I know a lot of my audience members are looking for tips on how to lose weight. Sure. You know, a complicated question, but I'll, I'll try to simplify it. You know, I, I like to, in that first session especially, get a feel for who that person is. You know, I have some uh, rock climbers that come in, and I say that, you know, they're superstars. They they read a lot, and they're into this, and they come in, and they, they really want to make major changes quickly. Um, I would work very differently with somebody like that versus somebody who um, – has a really imbalanced diet, they're on a lot of processed food, a lot of caffeine, they don't sleep well, they don't exercise. You know, somebody like that um, is going to be put off if the first session we come up with an exercise regime and a supplement protocol and I want them to eat organic. You know, so so I have to get a good idea of who that person is and and how best to work with them. But um, I, I tend to look at the whole picture of how they're eating and then I'll ask them a lot of questions like, you know, how do you feel about your caffeine? How how attached are you to your coffee? And, you know, I, I tend to go slowly. Like if someone's drinking a pot of coffee a day, I'm not going to take them off cold turkey because they would have the worst headache they've ever experienced in their life. But I may ask them, is, is that something you'd be willing to start to come down on? And so together in that first session, you know, um, just by conversation like we're having, um, we come up with some initial goals. And, you know, I have one woman right now, you know, we're working on a food plan, but the whole food plan that I had developed was too overwhelming. So we're doing it a meal at, at a time. And for a week or so, we just concentrated on how to improve her breakfast. And she came in this week, and she was she was a rock star. She's like, it's awesome, it's great, I feel so much better. She was, now I'm ready for lunch. And then we talked about lunch. So, you know, each person is so unique. Um, you know, weight loss is the same way. It's just a, a, a problem people have that first I have to figure out with their help what exactly is going on. Why are they struggling with their weight? You know, have they been to the doctor? Have they had thyroid levels checked? Uh, is there any under, you know, underlying medical condition that would could possibly be the cause? Because I'm not a doctor, I don't order lab tests. But mm-hmm. if they haven't been to their doctor recently, I will send them back for some, some for some labs to make sure there's nothing medically going on. But then we'll look at their food intake, their exercise, uh, because it's it's again a whole approach. You know, there's no fad diets are fad diets. People don't usually stay on them more than a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about what they're doing, and again, I'll ask them questions. Okay, which of these habits should we target first? And people know. You know, oftentimes people really just need a little bit of a nudge mm-hmm. or some hand-holding, but they know what they can do first and what what they're willing to do. And that's how I develop a plan. It, mm-hmm. It's over time. Yeah. 
I'm curious to know, um, Diane, in your opinion, and I have my own opinion, but there really are no secrets to eating healthy, would you say? And I mean, everyone knows, I think that's the phrase, right? Everyone knows we have to eat more fruits and vegetables. Everyone knows we have to drink more water. Everyone knows that, you know, we just need more sleep, rest, and reduce stress. You know, all those little things, right? What's the disconnect, you think? What's happening that, that people are obese people are diabetic people are getting well diseases. i think there's a lot of reasons for it but i the, the biggest uh, commonality that i see among people is that they're overwhelmed they're overstressed they don't have time or they don't believe they have time or they won't make time for themselves uh self-care is is an issue i talk a lot about with my clients they'll make sure that their kids and their husbands or their wives have what they need or their people at work, but they come last on their totem pole. So self-care, you know, to be able to take, you know, half an hour during the week to menu plan for the next week. It isn't that long of a time period, but for many people, it's a new concept. They, they don't do it. And hence, you know, if there isn't any planning, they go to the grocery store at 9 o'clock on Sunday night and they just grab whatever they can um, and so sometimes, we, you know, I'll work in sessions about just teaching them how to read labels and how to make a menu plan. And many of the things that I teach I find very simplistic, or maybe I teach it in a simplistic way because once somebody gets the concept, it really isn't all that hard to take care of yourself. Very good. Um, do, do you have these menu plans and worksheets perhaps uh, through your website or how how do people get this information, or do they just have to see you? I'm just curious. Well, you know, I, I don't have diet plans. That, that you know, um, Eric, if you came in to see me, I have a blank template that basically is three meals, and, you know, mm. I use the exchange system that diabetics are very familiar with it, but basically it's just, you know, it, it's a sheet of paper with three meals and snacks, and in each meal there's, you know, there's like a blank spot to put a number, but how many servings of dairy, fruits, vegetables, starches, and fats. And together with the patient, whether weight loss or weight restoration um, is a goal because I work with a lot of patients with eating disorders, we come up with how many servings. So I, I try to stay, steer away from calorie counting mm. and work more on balance, like how much of each food group should you have throughout the day. Right, right, right. And... Uh, and that's something I do do individually. There isn't any, like I said, set pattern for anybody. Okay, good, good. Uh, that's good to know. I mean, um, I, I can just think of several people or just thinking of people who are like, well, I wonder what that plan is and does she have one? So I just had to ask. Yeah, I, you know, I guess I should, I, I have always said and joked I should write a book, but I think it would be hard to come up with a plan because some people don't do dairy. Some people are vegan or vegetarian. Uh, so, each person, and if somebody, let's say they come, come in and they, they don't like fruits but they'll eat tons of vegetables, we'll adjust the plan accordingly. Um, but basically the body needs, you know, it, it needs components, the three components, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Yeah. You know, I, I'll have to say that um, there are several um, people I've spoken to recently and even um, other fitness professionals who get, uh, who have gotten into fitness and health and wellness due to um, – uh, healthier eating uh, habits and so forth and notice a big, big change. And I'm assuming when, when people consult with you a few weeks after they've uh, gotten their plan or 
you know, their advice from you, they also feel the same uh, improvement. Would that be true? Um, they do, and, and sometimes very simple things can make a world of difference for somebody. Um, somebody that's anxious and isn't sleeping, if we just cut down on their caffeine and, and change some of their lifestyle habits so they can get to bed at a decent hour, even an hour extra sleep will make all the difference. Now they have some energy, so two, three weeks into working with me, now they can start exercising. Right. You know, so you know, I, I have another client I work with, and she came in a couple months ago, and she needs to lose weight, she wants to lose weight, but the poor woman is under so much stress, and uh, she has no time in her schedule. The last thing I told her I wanted her to do was to exercise. She needs to first restore her her sleep and, and get rested before she can start to exercise. Mm -hmm. So it, it really depends on where people are at when they come in. Excellent. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, I'm doing a mastermind uh, coaching with several people, and, and um, you know, everyone has their issues, their um, life, if you will, happening. And, you know, exercise, they feel it is very important, yet there's not enough time in the day for them to squeeze it in. So we try to figure out ways that they can sure. uh, make it happen. Sure. Still. Right. Yeah, and I do find that people, you know, especially in J it's January and it's, you know, the health clubs are, are full, um, but I find that it doesn't usually stick because people are overwhelmed. You can't take somebody that's not sleeping, not eating well, um, and has a lot on their plate. You, you, they can do it for a week or two to go on a very stringent, strict diet, you know, all organic and, you know, homemade foods, but it's not something they can sustain. So I, I like to start small and kind of just keep building on that cool. idea. Excellent. But so Excellent. it's manageable. Cool. And they can stick with it. I'm more interested in them being able to make this a lifestyle change versus let me get 20 pounds off you. Good point. Absolutely. Now, um, we, you may have said this earlier, and um, I just want to, you know, elaborate a little bit more, which is, you know, what are some things my audience can do now to um, get on that path of healthier living? What, what are some steps? I know there's like specific types of people out there, but in general, what, what could they be doing besides, you know, looking at their stool? <laughs> um, well, they can look at that. They can check how much, how much water do they drink a day. Um, and are there things out of balance? You know, I talk a lot with my clients about moderation. I'm not a black and white, oh, never have any sugar, never have any, you know, uh, processed foods. I think you have to look at it. So the idea is maybe to just have them start to look and assess themselves like, okay, where am I out of balance? You know, like I don't drink any water, but I drink, you know, a liter of diet pop a day or, or a, you know, a pot of coffee. Uh, maybe I could just start to wean myself down on the coffee and, and replace it with, a, you know, water as I do that. Um, am I getting at least seven, eight hours of sleep a night? If not, I'm getting five. I'm not going to be able to jump to seven or eight, but maybe I could get an extra half hour in. And to just start to slowly make changes because they'll gain confidence, they'll see results. Uh, it's not going to be immediate, but the problem didn't, didn't, wasn't created in a moment. It happened over time. And starting with the easier changes first. So again, they get some confidence and momentum going. Um, you know, if they're not exercising at all, but there's a gym at work, maybe they could eat lunch at their desk and, and go for a half hour walk on the treadmill. 
Um, so just making small changes, exercise, sleep, water. You know, if they eat out a lot, maybe they could just start cutting down and, and doing a crockpot meal one night a week. And that might lead into, you know, just learning how to cook very simple things at home. Um, you know, so I think I think the easiest thing in the time we have would be to suggest that um, people try to just look at what's going on and not be overwhelmed, like, where do I start, but just start somewhere. Very good. Yeah, just start somewhere for sure. Um, with respect to how do people get a hold of you and what's the best way to uh, make an appointment, what would that be? Um, they certainly could call my office uh, phone, and that number is 630-369-5645, or they could go to my website. It's www.bubeckandassociates.com. That's B-U-B-E-C-K, the word and is spelled out, and then the word associate spelled out, dot com. And I also have a Facebook page under Diane Bubeck and Associates. Very good. Excellent. So there's several different ways. Now, um, like I had mentioned or had alluded to earlier, who would be the best and clients for you? Wow. Um, well, age-wise, it's interesting. I work with a number of pediatricians that will send me their children with feeding issues. So I had children, I've had infants, I've had small children, and I usually don't have small children under the age of 10 or 12 come into my office. I work behind the scenes with their parents. But I'll, I'll work on childhood feeding issues. Um, and I also, I, I've had clients with eating disorders as old as 74, um, men and women. I have a, a group that I run twice a month for my clients with eating disorders, and that means anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, uh, and that's more of a uh, psychotherapy slash exposure group. Um, it's eating foods that they normally would be on their bad list, but we talk about that. We try to you know, decrease their fears about that. So it, it's really anybody that has you know, any type of eating slash emotional issues uh and food's often a component when there's emotional issues yeah yeah absolutely i agree uh i hear a lot of people who um just are emotional eaters if that's a term and um it is a term and it's very real <laughs> yeah. very very real yeah and um so i guess you would be the uh, one of the best people to go to to resolve those issues now i have to tie in real quick here before the end of the show that you are a marriage and family therapist. And um, you, you touched on that early, and I was just curious to know if you could share with our audience how you see that as a tie-in to everything you do. You know, I didn't, I was encouraged to do it, and all through grad school I didn't know how I was going to ever tie it together, but it ties together perfectly. Um, food is one of the most, the earliest and most basic ways um, we can ourselves it's enjoyable and when emotions are tough children will often present with eating issues they'll either be overweight underweight I had a little 10 year old boy he was spitting everything that he ate uh, but go to find out his family you know par parents were going through a divorce so it all ties together many clients will come to me uh, for eating issues and we then kind of delve into the therapy 
therapy behind it because that's what's driving the eating. Um, I work with a lot of clients with eating disorders, which is really a system issue. It's not just the person presenting with the eating disorder. So it's very helpful to do some family therapy um, because the family system definitely affects the person with the issue. Um, And, you know, marital issues I find so fascinating and exciting to work with because if the family unit is strong, the children within the system are healthy, um, and food is a big component of keeping a family together. True. <laughs> Absolutely. We all have to eat and might as well do it with people we love, right? Exactly. Awesome. Um, this is very, very informational about Diane, and it went pretty quick, I thought, or very quick, and uh, you did well. Uh, didn't sound nervous at all, and that fear of public speaking wasn't even i didn't notice it (laughs) well thank you eric you you made it very easy you did very very well so knowledgeable and i really appreciate your time uh definitely we'll have to somehow uh connect somewhere and um meet up and uh i haven't met you personally but i i really would like to so thank you so much for your time i look forward to that and thank you again for inviting me no problem have a great day bye you too bye-bye now Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.